welcome and thank you for tuning in to Pro Football IQ, the podcast that breaks down the X's and O's of everything happening this week in football. Welcome and thank you for tuning in to Pro Football IQ, the podcast where we break down the X's and O's of everything happening this week in football. I am your host, Dallas Thomas, joined by my co-host, Joel Baglio. Joel, how are we doing today? Doing great, my man. Glad to be here. Glad to be. This is our very first episode of Pro Football IQ. Very first. Episode number one. Numero uno. Take a note. History is happening right now. Uh, We are going to be discussing everything that happened in football this week. And everything that's going to happen, we'll speculate wildly about the things that are going down. But um, we've, Joel, you're a very opinionated person in football. You, you've got strong opinions about everything. And I'm really excited, really, really ready to hear what you have to say about the stuff that we're going to be talking about today. What's, what's kind of the biggest thing that's on your mind, just kind of a teaser for the rest of the episode? What, what's the biggest thing weighing on your mind? Uh, playoff implications. I mean, Absolutely. It, they're here. I mean, it, teams are ready to be crowned champ. And it's it's apparent. You can see it. I mean, this has been some of the best playoff football that I can remember. And uh, and then on top of that, we have the head coaching carousels and the staff. The league is changing. It's Things are changing quickly. Man. Very quickly, rapidly. And then we got hot, hot prospects. I mean, you, you, you better believe it. You would not have thought that this draft would be this spicy, but man, it's. It's turning up. I can't, turning I can't up. wait for the draft. It's going to be great. Yeah. But we, we're going to get into our very first segment today. Uh, we're going to talk about our playoff week recap. We're going to talk about everything that happened, our initial thoughts and reactions to these four games that happened. And very first, this is the game that, that struck me the most, mainly because my name is Dallas, not just because my parents love Texas, but no... No, my family happens to love the Dallas Cowboys. Now, that's a blessing and a curse. Uh, mainly a curse for me over the last 22 years. We haven't won <laughs> We haven't won since I've been born, so maybe it's my fault for the whole thing. But going into this game, I really felt confident that the Cowboys versus the Rams, I really felt confident that the Cowboys were going to be able to pull this one out. Yeah, agreed. What agreed. happened? Can, you, can, you, can we just begin to break down what happened in this game? Well, and and like you said that you had you had high expectations a lot uh, I I'd, I'd say that the buzz around the the whole nation was that the Cowboys had what it took to beat the Rams and for them not to go and pull off that that expectation kind of puts you know Jason on the hot seat a little bit and uh, you know for me myself I really expected them to go in and kind of go toe-to-toe and maybe get a little bit drug into the deep water on the backside of the game. But uh, we saw the the Rams control the clock. You See, know. I thought the Cowboys were going to put up much more of a fight. It, it seemed like a one-sided affair for most of the time we were watching that game. Yeah, I don't remember what time of possession was, but I'm pretty sure it was Rams – Rams 35 Ram- plus. Rams controlled the ball very well. Uh, you could see uh, multiple occasions. Uh, you would see Goff, and he's just watching. I mean, like a vet. I mean, just watching the play clock and eating up the time. Absolutely. He's so confident. Him and McVay, so confident that they're gonna get. They're gonna get the yardage. They're gonna get the first down. They're gonna continue the drive. It was almost like you know we're just trying to get through this game without getting hurt. 
And I think the biggest thing about this game is Cowboys lose to the Rams 30-22. to It feels like the Cowboys never even got out the gate on this game. Right. That our right. offense our offense couldn't get started and our defense couldn't stand up. The defense had their lunch money taken by the school bully that was yep. that was the Rams running game. Right. It was absolute it, it was bleak. It was hard to watch. Yeah. I agree. And you know what what we saw was the, the very thing that makes McVeigh such an expert, such a genius, was that we had you had Gurley in town, you know. Gurley Gurley's coming. He's gonna bring it. You know, oh is Gurley healthy? Oh, he's off the injury report. Is his knee better? Is his ankle better? You know, and then lo and behold, CJ Anderson comes in and just blows the doors off. Like, hey, I'm a part of this squad too. Exactly. Like they made it an emphasis to get him involved. He is going to be a problem. When you can't, when they stop the speed, you're gonna have to stop the power. And when you can stop the power, you gotta handle Gurley's speed. And that, it's gonna be a deadly combo. If you were on the fence before about if the Rams could pull off a Super Bowl run, I think this game kind of sealed the deal and proved that it's very well, very much possible with the one-two punch of their run game. I agree. Yeah. I think C.J. Anderson is the story of the Rams this this week. Yeah. He is. He's the difference maker. He is the one who the is yin and yang. Absolutely, that he is the one who's going to carry the workload. And then whenever you're tired from CJ running it down your throat, Todd Gurley's going to come in and run it quicker he's, down your he's throat. Gonna, he's going to break it off, Absolutely. and he's going to say, "Hey, you know, it was nice chatting with you. I'm going to the bench, drink me a little Gatorade, and take a watch, break. Watch, uh, I'm gonna watch Indomitian Sue and Aaron Donald get after your quarterback." I mean, the way the way those guys were playing, they could have sat down on the sideline and watched The Office for all I care. They 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 had such a great day that they they should have had their meal prepared for them while they were sitting, while they were waiting. They <laughs> yeah. they had nothing else yeah. to do. I mean, the, 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 the game score is not indicative of what actually happened in game. Oh no, joke! This this game felt over before it started. Yeah, very much so. I'll tell you what the the to to summarize the game. Uh, if you watched all the way through, it's very hard for a lot of people to watch. But if you watched all the way through um, to the end, that last that that final um, bit of time that was that was coming off the clock, Aaron Donald, you know the the captain of the defense, and Indomik and Sue were both de-gearing before the final possession. They knew they were going to have a chance. Like the Cowboys were going to have a final hoorah in that game. But it wasn't going to be very much time left. I want to say it was probably less than 30 seconds when they got where they were going to get the ball back if they didn't get the third down conversion. And you see Aaron Donald and Indomitian Sue taking off their gloves, taking off the tape. Dude, they knew. They had so much confidence that, that Jared Goff and company, they were going to get it done. And that's what happens when you have consistent offense. And that was the problem with the Cowboys in this game. The Cowboys had absolutely zero consistency. Zeke couldn't get started. Yep. It was late. It was too late. It was it was far too late. By the time they decided that they wanted to yep. go to the Super Bowl, by the time they decided that they yep. wanted to win this game, yep. the game had already ended. Yep. There, was, there was there was if, no climbing out of if that. If it hole. was a six quarter game, then 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 the Cowboys would be in business. Well, yeah, if they had a month to play the game, then yeah, they probably <laughs> would have come back. But as a cowboy as a lifelong Cowboys fan, it's hard to see the same thing over and over again. Einstein defines insanity as doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting a different result. And as long as we have Jason Garrett as our head coach, Cowboys, I'm sorry, we will not 
lift the Lombardi trophy over our heads. It's no. never going to happen. No, I, I, I can agree with you. Um, I'm not a Cowboys fan. Uh, it's nice to hear uh, a Cowboys fan, you know, uh, your perspective. And uh, I agree. Uh, I, he's, he's kind of in a weird place. He's uh, in between. He's he's not he's not an old coach, but he's not a young coach either. He doesn't he's not he's not bringing the new wrinkles, the new scheme, but he's not really the old like hard nosed football schemer as well. And and honestly, I as much as I've watched Jason Garrett, I don't know what his specialty is. I, I'll rate Jason Garrett as a low football IQ. <laughs> Is that where we're he at? Is, is I'll, I'll rate him at? as the low football IQ of you, this week. Here's your star, Jason Garrett. <laughs> Here, here's your star, yes. Um, but, you know, I think I, this this may have changed, but I, I remember fourth quarter hearing the stats on this game, and in the fourth quarter we had only 50 yards rushing. To have Zeke Elliott That's out terrible. on the field for four quarters wow. and you have 50 yards of rushing, yeah. there is a problem. Yeah. Cowboys, I think we have all the talent in the world to be able to go out and do exactly what our goals are. So much and that's for to that, make it to that, the playoffs. So much for the touted best line in the game. I mean, what didn't what did we hear for the last few years? We got the best line. We got the best line. We got we got the best back. We got the best back. He can do it all. We got Dak. Dak is is the on his rookie deal. He you don't have to pay him a lot of money. He can get it done on the ground. He can hit the shots when he's got to hit them. I mean. What what are we, what are we looking forward to? I mean, you brought that that mentality to the postseason, and you got handled. And it it really is it it it's terrible to see, uh, you know, with with me being a Cowboys fan and with with how closely I've followed this team, it's it's hard to see that team make it so far, and to to make it into the playoffs, which already seems like a victory for them. Right. Um. And then to to be cut off in. In a heartbreaking fashion, honestly. But, you know, I think the thing to take away from this is the Cowboys are going to have to change the way that they approach the game. Yeah, They're going to have to change their coaching style. They're going to have to be more aggressive on the field. Because what the, the effort that they showed Dak, Dak, I don't believe he, he scrambled or what he's good at is getting out of the pocket yeah, not and scrambling and running and then making making the play. But I don't, I don't, I don't remember seeing him make a play until the third quarter, yeah. late in the third quarter. It kind of looked like he was. It kind of looked like he was scared to kind of seal the deal for the team. It like really make a mistake and, and exactly. there be no coming back. It kind of felt like it kind of felt as if they were given the the directive: don't go out there and do anything crazy. Mm-hmm. Play your game. We can we can win this game. Yeah. I feel like I feel like the directive they were given was yeah. we can win this game. Just go out there and play football the way yeah. you know how to. Well, and that's that's a fair assessment. Uh, and you 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 see the holes uh, on the team. Yeah, y'all have a great line. Yeah, you have a great back. But when he needs a breather, where's the talent at? Where's the when? You know, if you if you run it, if he get, if he breaks off a sixty yard run, you know. Who's going to be in to punch it in? You know the next two plays are going to a, a tight end or it's going to be Dak's going to be rolling it out and probably trying to force a pass. I mean, what? how are you going to finish drives if, if Zeke can't get it done? You're right. I mean, the, that that's you're completely right. You're, you're not the, – the answer here is you're not going to. Um, honestly, I've been asking myself this question a lot when I watch football this season. Is, is this team really this good or does the other team just suck? <laughs> Are the Rams really as good as they looked? They, or is it that the Cowboys just look terrible? 
And here's where I'm going to get into the analytical side of it, where it comes down to having to watch film. And I didn't even need to go back and watch film for this game. The Cowboys, make, mo- make no mistake, the Cowboys got it going on on defense. You, you put 9 out of 10 teams against that Cowboys defense, and they can get it done. They can get it done. They got some young pieces. They got some nice pieces. They got guys coming back from injury that, that, that they don't have to carry the load anymore. They have a good disbursement of talent all throughout that defense. And the Rams ate their lunch. And that's what they do. It I think seemed unfair, to be honest. It, 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 the McVay is the, the new genius in town. He has it going. He's taken that West Coast offense, that old school Mike Shanahan offense, and he has now put – he's taken it and said, I like this, but it can be better. We can make it stronger. We can make it faster. And his emphasis to detail, he doesn't worry about the defense. Not at all. He's he is basically the offensive coordinator. See, I think he's I think their coach is going to be the center of many stories here on Pro Football IQ over the next couple of weeks. Yep. Do you have a Sean McVay? You know, I'm thinking <laughs> I'm thinking I, I don't wanna I don't wanna get too far ahead of myself, but man, I, I really wanna bet on the Rams. I really do. Yeah. Um at this point I will take McVay if we uh, bearing any injuries, I would take McVeigh over Belichick. Ooh, and that that and, that and right there's a bold prediction. That is, if we're talking, we're talking no injuries on the Patriots side, no injuries on the Rams side. I'm gonna have to just I, I have to go with my gut. McVeigh's got it, and there's nothing you can say. There's no knocks on him. I mean, they did hit a couple of stalls you know, earlier in the season, but. You saw those stalls come into play right whenever Gurley had his injuries, you know. And it wasn't ever that Gurley was was super injured and couldn't go, but why take your Ferrari and and put 100,000 miles on it when, you know, you can get it done. You don't need to drive the Ferrari every day. You know, let's save the Ferrari for whenever it's the weekend. And the postseason, McVay knows it's the weekend, baby. So I, I I'm very much – interested in what the Rams have to do for the rest of the season. They are I, I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be playing paying close attention in the playoffs. In yeah. the playoffs to what they do. Um moving on from Cowboys versus Rams, we go to probably probably my <laughs> personally my least favorite game to have watched this uh this weekend. The Saints versus Philly. Now, I don't love playoff games in New Orleans. I love New Orleans, the city. (laughs) But when it comes to the team, wow. I tried. When when the Cowboys lost, you know, I live in Louisiana. So I kind of told myself when the Cowboys went out, I was like, all right, I'm going to support the community. I'm going to support my state. I'm going to be a Saints fan. And I found out that that's the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life. Right when the kickoff happened, huh? It's like wanting, it's like trying to cheer for Bama. It's true. But the Saints it's aren't true. that good. 
Oh, come on. They're much Saints better aren't than on Bama. that level. They would, the Saints would easily I'm talking about the Bama. level of excellence. Oh, that, level that, of that excellence. Bama has. Yeah, considering the levels of Come of on, you know, you know what okay, I'm talking okay. about here. You know All what right. I'm talking about. Yeah. Bama rubs me the wrong way easily. Bama rubs everyone. <laughs> Bama rubs people wrong the way the Saints rub me wrong. There you go. I, I just I couldn't stand to cheer for the Saints. And so at halftime, when the Saints are down 14 0, I am living my best life. I am absolutely, I'm just buzzing. I am bouncing off the walls, saying who that, mocking every Louisiana person I know because the Saints are going to lose. Mm. So you thought. So I thought. So Alshon Jeffrey made you think. Alshon, we got to have a discussion, Alshon. Well, here's the deal. So let's get in. Let's get into the game. Let's break it down. Um, you saw some critical momentum swings when they did the fake punt. Everything, fake punt was crucial. Everything changed, and Sean Payton, as as much as we we hate on the Saints, Sean Payton is a damn good coach. He's seen it. He's seen his sideline. He's like, we had a game plan. Don't think it ain't true. Every team goes in with a game plan. Whether it's on their defensive side or on their offensive side, the first series they wanted to play out a certain way to set the tone, and them getting picked off so early, man, they were they were just they were just out of it. They were like zombies. That was a momentum swinger. Mm-hmm. That's when you see the pivotal moment. After that, that defense looked gassed. Then not too not too long later, you see Fletcher Cox go down. Arguably the best defense. Uh, other than Aaron Donald, which I don't even think they classify Aaron Donald as a defensive tackle, even though he plays inside. Uh, he plays in that 4-3. So, um, but to me, I consider him uh, a defensive tackle because he never really gets edge pressure. It's always interior pressure. But outside of Aaron Donald, Fletcher Cox is arguably the best man in the business. And when he goes down, man, did the Saints start opening it up. It, uh, you know... I think the Saints' defense really made a stand in, in the second half. Um, they they stopped every effort that uh, that the Eagles put up. Right. And right. you know, the Eagles scored all their points in the first half. They did not put a single point on the board. That's true. In the second half, and that's I didn't even, I didn't even think about that. That's pivotal. I mean, they they changed. Yeah. The Saints' defense changed this yeah. game. Well, they. They did not they, – they knew – and this is something important too. As we go back to it, talking about Sean Payton being a, a good coach, if they can grind the drives out and they can get points on the board and just eat up the – if you remember, that was in that third quarter. They didn't get – the Eagles didn't get the ball. I mean, after they had that three and out, really long they had – the Saints had the ball for like eight and a half minutes. Yeah. That's a long time to not be in motion, not – Get it? Not take a snap. Really takes you out. Pass. Really takes you out of your game. Yeah. Right. Right. So uh, it was. I could kind of see the writing on the wall as the Saints started to put points on the board and the way that they were controlled. Like, like I say, that injury to Fletcher Cox, man. And the dagger was when Maddox. When Maddox went down, Maddox was that edge corner. When Maddox went down, he tried to go inside. They were running on a. You know, I think I want to say it was a gap. They tried to. The Saints ran a play up the a gap, and. 
uh, I guess uh, one of the, the edge rushers kind of fell down and missed the tackle. So Maddox had to try to go in and make the tackle. Well, I want to say it was uh, – I think it was Kamara. I'm not too sure. But regardless, Maddox goes to make the tackle. He doesn't even make it all the way. He kind of dives. He hits his knee on the turf, and he had to get out after that. And yeah. that's when you saw – it was either the next play or the play after that is when you saw the deep shot. After that – it was pretty much a wrap. I right. mean, you know, the the Eagles did put up a nice fight at the end. And uh, news came out that Alshon had cracked ribs in that game. Wow. I, did, I didn't see that. Yep. Well, I and, and I don't know if you if you watched my Facebook Live, I talked about Alshon, and I said, man, he looked very confident. He played kind of slow, but he looked so confident. Well, that explains a lot. And, and that's why he was slow. That's yeah. why That's why they were just throwing jump balls. It was all jump balls. Yeah, you know everything was go up in the air and grab it. He's not he's not making any hard cuts, no hard turns. He's not putting it in the bread basket. And then that one time, when and that also, I mean, you know, you say what you will. I mean, he's a professional player, but when you have cracked ribs, everything takes a little extra effort. Oh, absolutely. And that that ball that Foles put on Alshon was a dime right at the face, and it just he just kind of didn't focus all the way through. He probably was thinking about how he's about to take this hit, and that ball went through his hands. Yeah, absolutely. That, that was the final nail in the coffin yep. for Because I believe they were going to get it done. Philly. Oh, I believe so, too. I think I think they had the momentum on their yep. side. It was Chicago all over again. It was – it honestly I, – I screamed at the top of my lungs, no! Yes, yes. It, it was – it was guttural. So did Alshon. It, it felt – it felt, and you could feel the pain. You could feel the disappointment on Alshon Jeffrey. Going he falls to, to the ground, lays on the ground, lays on the turf for over a minute. Yep. Yep. And when he gets up, he walks over to his coach and is just embraced by his coach. And his, and you know, yep. he's he's trying to talk him through it yeah. and trying to keep his confidence up and tell him, "Hey, buddy, it happens, but it, it's going to be up. okay." It happens. Yep. Yeah. And, 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 and shout out to Nick Foles. Nick you? Foles is the leader that that I don't feel like gets enough credit right now. He doesn't. And Nick Foles, we'll talk. We'll probably talk some more about Nick Foles later. Right. So much to get to. Uh, but you know, I think Nick Foles doesn't get enough credit for what he's done for this team. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I think also that Philly, Philly is a fantastic team when they're healthy and when they're on it. Yep. I feel like they they made some Agreed. minor they made some minor mistakes in this game that re- that ultimately cost them mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. cost them this playoff well, run. Yes. Uh, you can't play a perfect game. No. But for them to go to the Dome and set the tone. That's a hard place to play. After the beatdown they took earlier in the season. Oh, my gosh. To, to them, turn that around? For them to go in and say, hey, this is playoff football, baby. And they brought it. You, you People say you, you're delusional if you don't think that they brought it. Doug, give it up for Doug Peterson. He is a hell of a coach. High football IQ. He, he gets – Two stars. Two, wow, that's a lot of stars we're giving away today. <laughs> oh, uh, so I don't know if you know, uh, but this is this is what made me love Foles the most. Besides the fact that I think, r- regardless as a franchise, yeah, Wentz is the 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 their Ferrari. You know, you hear me say that, but that he's their shiny new quarterback that's got all the tools and he's got the he's got the arm and he can sling it. You know, but maybe Foles has got the IQ. Maybe he's got the smarts. That team plays different when it's him. And as you talked about how much you like Foles, 
what makes me like him even more is that those images we've seen, the snapshots of him talking to Alshon, you know, because if if they win that game, you can argue that Foles is the man going forward. And you see, and I think that's what saved. I think them losing this game is what saves the, the Eagles. Controversy. It is what saves the Eagles higher ups from having to hear any argument in the future. Right. Because if Nick Foles would have won this game for the Eagles, they would have had a serious problem on their hands, Agreed. and they would have to extend this man's contract. You'd, ha- you'd have to. You'd they have would to have to make, tag him. They would have, have to make him the number yep. one guy. And you might do that anyway. You might you might want to ask him, hey, do you want to stay around anyway? Because it just seems that Wentz can't stay healthy. And that that's really a shame. Wentz is a fantastic player, but I think Foles is your guy. He, is. he seems like a Philly guy. He does. He, well, that, I, 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 I Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe he was drafted by Philly. That's where he started. Okay. Yeah. Or at least at least early in his career, that's where he was at. So and then he got traded away and then he went to the terrible the Jeff Fisher project going on over there. And then uh, I don't remember exactly where he went. I and didn't then, track him after that. But he ended up making his way back to Philly. Yeah. Um he, but he, I wanted, he honestly seems like a Philly guy. Yeah. But uh, I think I think for the future um, I think Nick Foles is the future of of the Eagles. If if they would if they would have him, if they wanted I, it, if they I, wanted I, it, they I can make it happen. Be there. So um, I would do wanted to say uh, the shots that were taken of Nick Foles. Uh, it came out when they asked they asked Alshon, "Hey, what was it that Foles was talking to you so long for?" And he said that right after I missed that ball, he said Foles walked right up to me and whispered in my ear. He said, "Hey, man, I love you." And he said, I wouldn't have won that Super Bowl without you. Wow. And you see, that's that's the difference in a leader. That's who he is. That's that's who Nick Foles is. And he's not just a great football player. He's a great human being. He's, he's a great guy. I agree. And uh, you love you love to see good people in play In professional football. sports like that. In, in, a, yeah. in a hard-hitting sport that's very competitive right. and can be very toxic yeah. in, in football. Yeah. It's great to see somebody who is just – Who's genuine right. and and shows that they care in yeah. more than just being angry about football. He's going to go really be cool. a great quarterback for somebody. Absolutely. If he if he doesn't, he's already expressed that he wants to go be a pastor after he after he retires. He says you, really. He says you can't play football forever. And uh, what he wants to do after he retires, he wants to go be a pastor. So so this That's guy, awesome. he truly he's truly a great guy. Um, and I wish I wish he could have could have pulled it out mainly just because I love seeing Saints fans so sad. Mm. When they yes. lose, but the troll unfor- would have been strong. With unfortunately, <laughs> the Saints conquer Philly on that last mistake. Right by Alshon by Jeffrey. Fluke. That ball, so Alshon slowed it down perfect enough to just land in the hands of Marshawn Lattimore. That was not a Marshawn uh, Lattimore happened to be. He just happened right to place, be right time. I mean, the football gods made it happen for the Saints. Yeah. They they're destined to take the L. By the Rams. The sun did shine upon the <laughs> Saints this week, uh, defeating the Eagles 20-14 to at home for the Saints. But next week, they play the Rams. And I'm very excited because I've been a lifelong Rams fan since they beat the Cowboys. And uh, <laughs> since since the Cowboys lost, I've been a lifelong yep. Rams fan. If I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out with the team that beat me. they have earned they have earned my uh my fanship hopefully hopefully we can see them beat the saints just so i can see all my louisiana friends be super sad oh yes and uh, cry a little bit but moving on to the afc we had the chargers versus the patriots Ah, what a disappointing game that game was Mm. 
the opposite of great that was football. fodder that was football fodder honestly i don't saw. even want to talk about it that much we're, it is we're not disgraceful i I, you feel bad for Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers is a fantastic quarterback. He is so incredibly talented, and I, I 100% believe that he is going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback Agreed. at the end of his I agree. career. I agree, and he, he should be a Hall of Fame quarterback. Will he get the nod without a Super Bowl? That's going to be tough. Um, did they even Have they even competed in a Super Bowl? Man, I, I really couldn't tell you. That's That's rough. To be like the franchise leader in almost all categories at quarterback, I mean, and let's let's be honest that he's not even the quarterback that the Chargers drafted. It was yes. Eli, and yeah. he was traded. I mean, so it's you have to think at some point like, did you go wrong? Like, well, I mean, you you look at this game, and it it got away from them early. It did. It got away from them very early. I was. I wasn't even able to sit down in my living room and watch this game. I, I happened to be watching it at a restaurant, so I didn't even really get the full experience. But watching this game while I'm sitting down much. eating, it didn't matter very much because it wasn't a competitive game. No, it wasn't no. even. It wasn't so much as interesting to watch. I'll be but, honest with you. I was watching it from my phone, and every time I would turn it turn it back on, you know, because I was busy. The Pats would score again. It was. It was like this. The score would jump up like yeah. by two scores, and I yeah. was like, "What's going on over there?" Like. It got away from them early, and they really had no way to come back. Um, I think the biggest story coming out of this game is, one, I don't I don't love watching Tom Brady games. Agree. I think I think Not he's I think he's there. a fantastic quarterback, but he's also a football machine. It's also under it's very underwhelming. It's 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 very there's no excitement when you see the same things over and over. The the emotion that you saw in in Saints games with Drew Brees. And with and with Nick Foles, mm-hmm. you you see that you see the emotion and the passion because they don't know it's going to get done. Exactly. Patriots fans are spoiled. They uh, they just know it's going to get done. Exactly that, that and that's that's the real problem here is I don't I don't love watching Tom Brady games, so I'm not super excited to yeah. see them advance. But I think the big story, the thing that hit me the hardest was at the end of the game. They I think they're literally there's less than two minutes on the board, and. The Chargers are trying to make one last drive to try and put some points on the board so it's not embarrassing, so that they're right. not so much more embarrassed. And then you see you see these passes that are dropped, and you see offensive mistakes, and it it's just sad. You see the you see the quarterback just yelling, frustrated. Furious. Just frustrated with his team saying, yeah. why can't you make this play? It felt like me playing Madden. Right. It felt like me right. playing Madden when, when yeah. I can't make a pass because and I yell at my screen, why can't you catch? Don't yeah. you get paid millions of dollars to yes. catch the frickin' ball? And to see that coming from from the leader of your team, yeah. well, it, because it's, it's, it's kind of disheartening. It's haunted him for his whole career. It's, Absolutely. And, and, and we know it's tough. It's tough to go in and Foxborough and play and against get the Patriots. Crushed. You know, but – Philip Rivers is sitting here like, guys, this is why I've been losing my whole career against this man because we show up and y'all get mentally beat before the game even starts. Yes. It it was it was disappointing to say the least. Philip Rivers, fantastic quarterback. Um, there wasn't I, much to say about the game, in in all honesty, I mean, the Patriots really didn't even have to earn it. No. It was it was pretty much gift wrapped. Yeah. For them. I want to say that. Um, uh, was it uh, Sony Michelle? I want to say he had like three touchdowns, like total. Yes. So. Yeah, I I think 
the the best thing that happened for this game was the the final touchdown for Antonio Gates at the very end of the game, just to kind of send him off mm-hmm. with a "Hey, we appreciate you." And honestly, I think the Pats gifted that to them and said. We're not, we're not even going to worry about defending this. Just just go up and do it. Yeah, get out of here with some pride. Yep. Uh, but actually, you know, hold your horses on that because uh, they interviewed Gates, and he said that uh, he may not be done. So he may be going for records. Well, it, it sure felt like a, it was definitely if, – even if Gates is not done, I'll speculate and say that he probably is. Um, Fair enough. But it was definitely a feel-good moment at the end of a dismal game. Yes, I agree. It, it made you feel just a little bit better. A nice and, send-off. And the the announcers put it over well. I mean, they they, they made it sound like, hey, this is this is the final trot for for, for Gates. We're gonna send yeah. him out and we're we're gonna get this touchdown and you know Bittersweet, it huh? Made it made it really sound like a consolation prize. And I I don't love consolation prizes in football, but right. it, it was it was kinda sweet to see that happen. It's kinda unfortunate that if you Probably, you could probably look back on Gates' career, and I'd say that he can never say that they, him and Rivers beat Brady in the postseason. What a shame. That's terrible. That's, that's, that's the bittersweet. That's, that's how I feel about the Pats winning in general. Uh, but Pats conquer, absolutely destroy the Chargers at 41 yeah, not to much 28. Else to say about it. Not much to say about this game other than the fact that, Philip Rivers, you deserve so much more, buddy. Um so much more. And so moving on to the final game that we'll cover here uh, is the Chiefs versus the Colts. Mm, yeah. Again, what, are, what are your thoughts? Almost, almost, you, they, they translate similar. The Chiefs kind of had the same game that the Patriots had. They went out, did what, did what's expected, and the other team just didn't seem to come to play. Like, I will say that uh, the Colts were more competitive, maybe not score-wise, but in the actual in game, attitude. in time, yeah. they were more competitive in their game. Yeah, I agree with that. But I think I think for the Colts to have gone this far this season with, was with, impressive. with, with all Very the impressive. question marks next to yeah. Andrew Luck, I don't think anyone expected them to make it this far. This much, hey, early, like... Like you, we expected to see some. We didn't expect to see a playoff luck. This no, year. not at all. We we expected to see luck play, but we didn't expect him to make it to the postseason. I mean, I had Browns expectations. Right. I knew that they were probably probably going to get about seven wins this season. Right. And then and then be right. done. So shout out to Frank Reich, uh, the their their head coach. And right. I mean, he in his first year to bring the team to establish the a dominant O line like that. Um, they battled injuries all year long. This season in general across the league has been I feel like there's been a lot more injuries this year there's than, been than in past times. Non contact injuries. There's been there's been more DBs and wide receivers injured this year than I can remember. Right. I mean so many guys have went down and the and, and another thing you're seeing is the age. A lot of these here it is, a lot of your superstars are getting older. Julio uh, Antonio Brown. I want to say Antonio Brown's about to scratch the door of 30. He's, I want to say he's 29, 28, 29. Um, you have Emmanuel Sanders. He tears his Achilles. He's 31. You got Demaris Thomas. He was traded to the Texans. He, he, uh, I believe he tore his Achilles. Wow. Weird. Like he get close to 30 and stuff starts breaking. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, football, 
professional sports are already demanding, right? It's extremely. And your body begins to naturally break down as you yep. get older. But yep. whenever you're competing at this high of a level, yeah. it's just natural that things are going to break yeah. on your body. And, and then you got then you got the agenda of the NFL wanting to push these Thursday night games. So you having some some of these teams have are having a three three three, day three and a half day turnaround. That's you ridiculous. know, it's 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 you know, and you wonder why guys are. It's kind of messing it. You know, you saw this year they really wanted to push fantasy sports. Well, guess what? What's hurting fantasy sports is you pumping these games out back to back to yeah. back like that. You need to set it up to where teams are not playing on Thursday unless they played like, or if they come off of a bye. You know, set it up. They need a better job with the scheduling. Well, I think I think there's a lot a lot that uh, the NFL could learn from that. I, I think it's going to take some time to figure out how to schedule and. Honestly, they're not going to turn down money. Yeah. The the, nope. the biggest the biggest thing speaking to Thursday money nights talks. is is the the dollar bills that are that are coming in. Yep. Uh, the coolest people thing people are bidding on they, they what 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 network is going to grab those Thursday night games every, oh, every season it seems like it's it's ridiculous. You you can you can watch Thursday night football on yeah. Twitter live. You can watch it on Amazon live. I mean it just wherever. But overall, to the highest um, bidder. But, back to the Colts. I just want to say that uh, I mean don't. They're not far off. They're not far off. Their defense looked great. There is a young defense. You now we have Frank Wright coming in. He's going to be able to have a whole off season to evaluate the talent he has on the roster, and they're going to be able to develop. I strongly, strongly believe in the Colts next season. See, I think the Colts have everything they need. They have the recipe. Yep. To to bake what they to bake the cake that they want to bake. Right. Yep. But I think they get your sweet tooth ready. Mm, I'm, I'm, it's my birthday, so I'm thinking <laughs> about cake. But I think they've got all the ingredients ready, and I think what happened is they baked them in the wrong order. Okay. I, I think they've got everything they need. It just didn't turn out the way they wanted right. it to. Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, their their cake was not ready yet. It wasn't ready. They yet. pulled it out the oven a little. Pulled early. it out the oven and, a little too uh, early. It's not their fault. Uh, they. Follow the instructions on the box, but, you know, there was a misprint, and that's just what it was. It, if you it, put the icing on the cake while it's still hot, the cake begins to smear, begins to break off a little bit, and then you can't eat mm. it. It looks terrible. No one wants it, but guess what? I still love cake. You still love so cake. So I hope to see <laughs> I hope to see the Colts make a comeback next year and make a, make a real playoff run. I believe they will. And uh, hopefully they go a little further than they did this year with Andrew Luck because I think that guy is a stud. I he think, is. He is. I He's think, <laughs> He's already. I want to say he's already like six, seven years in the NFL now. So it's time to he start was, seeing. He, some, I believe he was 2011 draft. Yeah. Right. It's time to start seeing him make make it's time some to start runs. Seeing him you know, you up, can't yeah. let him hit 30 and and you barely made postseason runs with him. I mean, I I, I really hope to see them to see them do something awesome with with uh, Andrew Luck leading the team. But we're gonna move on to a to a segment called WT. Now this mm, this mm, is a question mm. that every football fan yells from their couch every Sunday. We know you do. WTF? And I know what you know. I know you know what that means. Oh yeah. Right. Oh yeah. If you don't, if if you don't, it's 2019. Everyone knows what this means. Where's the, the flag? flag? Where's the flag? <laughs> WTF? Where's the flag? Is going to be us breaking down. The blown calls across the league, the ones that change the game for any for any team possible out there. So we're going to be looking at two calls that happened, the ones that really stood out to us. 
Now, why don't you break down uh, your first WTF moment? Okay. Well, my first WTF moment for myself happens to be the in the Cowboys game when I want to say it was the second half of the game, and you see the Rams, they're driving up the field, and Byron Jones, the cornerback, gets called for hands to the face. And it was such a bang bang play. It you 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 see that the DB, he's lining up, he wants to play press man. And I want to say it was against Brandon Cook, so I don't blame him. I mean, he's a smaller receiver, you know, that they've been driving up the field. He's trying to lock down his guy. I mean, this is where the NFL is heading right now. You get flagged for everything. DBs do not have a chance. That's why you see the celebration so strong when a pass is incomplete, when a pass doesn't does it if it, if it touches the hands of the receiver and it hits the ground, you see them flying around with the no fly sign going on, like not in my house, baby, because they are catering the league for receivers now. So it was a bang bang play. He he tries to break off the line. Byron Jones goes to press, and he just tries to scan and see where that quarterback's going. If that quarterback is going to his receiver, is his progression looking to my guy? And he takes off, his hand slips and hits him in the helmet just for a split moment, not even not even affecting him, doesn't grab the face mask, nothing like that, but bam, another flag, keeping him alive. And WTF. That is, that is what you're seeing it's every week in and out. You're seeing these calls, and the refs need to just st- stay in your lane. Stop making calls that affect the game. If it's not a PI call, let the DBs and receivers play. As long as he's not shoving his hand in his mouth, let the man play. And that's the, that's the biggest problem in our league today is we don't get to see football players play football right. anymore. It's right. it's the refs who are dictating and babysitting yeah. and saying you can't do that and makes throwing you, their it, flags at anything. Yeah. At every single thing. It makes you it makes you wonder about the integrity of the game at times. I know it does for me. I mean, I'm I'm kind of worried that that the refs have too much involvement. Yeah. In, very much. In modern day football. Yeah. And honestly I'd love I'd love to see a new system put in place with our with our referees. Yeah. yeah. That they oftentimes these calls are blown or they're they're misjudged. And there needs to be a way to kind of counteract these blown calls. And this is, you know, this is far off from from what's actually going to happen in the NFL. Right. But I would love to see, I'd love to see a reset. Actual NFL offices who are in control, mm-hmm. where if refs on the field make a poor play, yeah. make a poor call, that that could be overturned by NFL offices. I don't see why that's not a thing. Yeah. Well, and you, that's when, and they're moving to that. Um, but we want to get to where there's checks and balances. Because honestly, it's hard to see. It's hard to see and hard to listen to when you when you see a, a blown call on the field, and announcers and commentators and analysts and everyone else on the who you can hear through your TV are, are saying with that this is the dumbest call I've ever seen in my entire life. I right. can't believe this is happening. Yep. And you have the rule specialists who yep. come on and say, well, in this situation, this shouldn't be happening. Yep. And then you see the refs continue to go on with their blown call. Right. It's hard to see, and there needs yeah. to be some kind of checks and balances set up. There should be the calls. ability uh, you know, to pick the flag up. They Absolutely. should be able to say, hey, you know, like you should be able to throw a flag and then discuss with the, the maybe maybe you're discussing with the head referee, you know, the senior uh, referee. And he says, hey, you know what? Look, this is this is a big call. And we're going to send this one to New York. Yeah. Maybe there's a check, a check and balance there, you know, but uh, it, it should be an option to pick a flag up 
if it's not blatant enough. Or maybe we can use the, the – for some aspects, maybe we can get into using the replays. Now, football is very bang-bang, and that's why I say it's, it's, it's very hard for you to just say, oh, well, you know, I'm just going to go and review it on the replay booth. No, that's – I mean, you're seeing so many things that happen in real time, and uh, I just feel like he did not if, – if he was looking at the receiver – and he, and he hit him with the, in the face, yeah, okay, you can throw the flag. But when he shifts his eyes and he's playing press man and the receiver takes off straight towards him, and that's what happens because they're fighting hands at the line. I mean, you're going to be physical at the line, first five yards. So I just think it was just a blown call. I've been seeing a lot of, and this brings us to our second WTF, I've been seeing a lot of, of uh, false start offsides just a, a, a lot of those calls lately, and I think the biggest one that stands out is the false start call on the Chargers yep. this week. Yeah. But the thing Early is, on. usually what happens if there's a false start, everyone, anyone who knows football, you know, the flag's thrown, and then they blow, and then they blow the play dead. Yep. But they, this they time— used to, They used to—that was, was the big emphasis this offseason. We're going to be blowing plays. They don't need to be played to, to, to reduce injuries. Player safety, we're going to blow plays dead, you know? But that didn't happen. Why don't you tell us what happened to Phillip Rivers? Well, I mean, you see, you see the snap. He he, uh, Philip Rivers. He drops back. He's looking. He sees his receiver. He goes to make a throw. He throws it. There's no one even there. He, I don't know what happened. If he missed his footing, he just mistimed the throw. Maybe, maybe his player got hold. He got held. I don't know. But he gets smashed. He gets hit, as he always does. Being tough, Philip Rivers, he gets up, and then he's like, "What's going on?" I'm, and he's thinking at at first glance, he's thinking that he has a call in favor for him. Maybe he thought he maybe that's why he threw the ball there. He saw a hold. I mean, and then it comes out that the ref is throwing the flag for a false start, and then he's flipping out. His why? Why are you letting me get hit or letting the play develop? Right. Why are we letting the play develop? What if it was a pick? Why was that? Why was what there if, no? What if he throws a pick? You you didn't blow it dead. What if he throws it and it's a, it's an errant throw? What if it's a pick? Are you gonna allow the other team to have that are you pick? Honor that. Yeah. Are you gonna honor? I mean, come on. Get it. He's furious and he and and rightfully so. And you you can see his frustration throughout the game. We we know that the Chargers got blown out by the Pats, but at the, at the end of the game, I believe he gets a, a roughing the passer call in his favor. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of useless at that fine, point. Yeah, you know, at the at the very end of the game, and he looks over at the refs, and he's he says, "Finally, you guys want to give me a call? Now, now, now you, you want to now you want to help me out? Yeah, thank after, you." After I've already been uh, packaged up in the coffin and sent back. After the final nails and the nail yeah. is in the coffin, thank you, but no, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, those, I don't need your help, guy. Oh my gosh, that's it's yeah. been it's been really rough watching yeah. these. calls. The zebras need some accountability. Absolutely, and that has been. That's been the biggest story here of WTF. Where's the flag? Why is there a flag? We need to we need to know that these calls are these calls are happening. These calls are changing the course of the game mm. for the worse. Right. These calls are not helping the game. And you, it's terrible. It's it's terrible that that whether it's early or late, if if you don't get these calls right, they're going to swing games. Oh, absolutely. But you know, I think I think the more we look at these flags, the more the more we pay attention to the flags, the more the more we're going to notice the, the dumb ones. The more right, we're going right, to see we're right. going to see the bad ones. But uh, later on in the in the show, we'll be discussing the coaching and changes in personnel across the league and a breakdown of next week's playoff game. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. 
Thank you so much for tuning in to the very first episode of Pro Football IQ. During this podcast series, Joel and I are going to break down absolutely everything you need to know. You're going to get all the rapid-fire information you need to have to stay in the loop on everything NFL, NCAA, and XFL, which is on the way. If you love football, this is your podcast to listen to. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome back to Pro Football IQ. You're listening to the podcast that breaks down the X's and O's of everything happening this week in football. And we're moving on to our second segment. A lot of changes are happening in the NFL right now, and the biggest of note are going to be the head coaching hires right now in the league. Joel, why don't you break down some of that for us? All right. And this is something that uh, a lot of fans like to look to. Um, and why do we like to look to it? Because we got past a, a bet if your coach got fired. It wasn't a good season, or it exactly. hasn't been a good few no, seasons. No great coach who had an awesome season is getting fired, unless you're my Madden fantasy league, right? <laughs> exactly. Unless unless you're playing on Madden exactly. where they just crazily fire your coach who's won three Super Bowls right. back to back to back. But this is real life. Um, tell us a little bit about the changes in, in right. coaching. Well, let's start off with one, uh, one of the notable ones. Uh, Bruce Arians, he gets the gig up in Tampa. Um, initially, whenever he uh, said that he was looking at coming back to coach, right. he was mainly focused on the Browns job. But uh, the Browns decided to go in a different direction. So um, we're going to see if uh, Bruce Arians can kind of right the wrongs of uh, Jameis Winston. So next, we have Adam Gase. He gets fired by Miami. Right. And he goes to the divisional foe, the Jets. <laughs> that That's a... <laughs> That's going to be really interesting to watch that play right, out. Right, right. And very uh, excited to see so, that. So, okay, Brady, you going to stick around? Guess what? Adam Gase is like, I am still here to beat you. Yeah. I'm now not only not only am I still in your division, but now I got a quarterback. Right. You know, the last few seasons, I mean, the the Dolphins have been dedicated to Tannehill. He's been injured. He's been hurt. I mean, and they've always kind of finished in the middle of the pack, so they haven't been able to grab a quarterback. So now he's got him a quarterback, and he's supposed to be the quarterback whisperer, and we're going to see what he can do. Uh, next up, we got um, we have Vic Fangio, Broncos, uh, hire the Bears' former defensive coordinator. Uh, today, this in, the guy they were interviewing as another possible head coaching candidate okay. was Mike Munchak. He was the offensive line coach for the Steelers. Is that what I sent you earlier? It is. His yeah. his contract is up with the Steelers. He has family in Denver. And when he came and did his interview, he stayed. Elway oh. said, hey, why don't you just go ahead and stay for a few days? Enjoy you know, some time with your family. They're making and, him feel at home already. And he did accept the O-line coach gig. So there he's getting well compensated. And it is a... Huge, huge hire because not only did they just replace the coach that they lost, but they arguably have the by far best O-line coach in the game. He's a former player, going to be in the Hall of Fame one day. Understands the game. Yes. And you're, you're a Broncos guy, right? That's me, baby. So so you're very excited. What, um, what's, what's, the, what's the biggest plus side to seeing this guy get the gig? The biggest plus side is that we have wiggle room. 
the Broncos have been strapped for cash for years. I mean, ever since Super Bowl 50, when we lost Manning and we had to pay, we had to pay Miller. Miller is a franchise stone kind of guy. Like he's he is the building block of the defense. You can't lose that. You can't let that guy walk out and go be a pass rusher for someone else. He's getting twenty million a year. It's super hard to build a great O line. I mean, if you look at the money uh, for the Cowboys, they're probably spending a lot of money on that O line. Oh yeah. So you can imagine how hard it is for the Broncos when they're paying quarterback money on the defensive side. You know, at multiple positions. So this guy can come in. He can look at the film. He can say, "Hey, we need to keep this player. I can do without that player." And you know what? In the draft, he'll probably be able to find us some late-round gems. That's what I love about it. If you listen to any Broncos station, they're going nuts. There's no teams that you can name off the top of your head that were able to get both guys they interviewed. One guy got the gig at head coach, which is Vic Fangio, and he's going to basically run that defense and let someone else run the offense. And then they got the other guy that they were possibly looking at being their head coach. So – Anything. No, any, one, no one's saying no in Denver. That's right. That's right. Money talks. I, I'm sure they're getting paid very well, right. and they get. And you know what? It. This. I mean, Mike Munchak. He's probably wanted the Steelers' coaching gig, and he wasn't going to get it. They're going to keep Mike Tomlin. So, uh, but moving on. Very, very interested to see what happens in Denver. Very you know, interesting. With coaching changes, it's always yeah. fun to see what look, happens. The look next for season. The, look for a QB to be drafted. Now, now the biggest name that's that's buzzing. In, in the uh, in the changeup that's happening right now is going to be Cliff Kingsbury. Yes, Cliff Kingsbury. Now he he's the new head coach of the Arizona. Cardinals. Yep. Yes. Yep. Now give us give us a little background on him. Okay, so he was a former coach for Texas Tech. Right. And he loses the job there. He picks up work at USC. Less than he was looking for work, and his name wasn't really being thrown around, especially in the NFL. And then now he, he was only at UFC, USC a short time. He right? less didn't than even, a month didn't even have time to memorize his street name. Didn't even finish unpacking the box. This guy yet. and call you U-Haul, U-Haul's favorite customer. He blows up every team at least had him on the board to interview at least whether they got to the interview or not doesn't matter. His name was being thrown around in all circles. He gets the gig. Now he's a young guy. He's right? a young guy. Young guy. Yep. He sure and is. The league, the league is obsessed right now with hiring young coaches. Mm-hmm. They they want the young, good-looking guy to be the face of their of their franchise because you know, let's face it, you gotta have you gotta have a way for women to enjoy watching this show somehow. <laughs> if 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 you know, her, you know the the mentality is if my husband's gonna be watching football. All day long, I might as well have some eye candy to look at. <laughs> I guess that's what they're going for. But you know, <clears throat> there's been a lot of a lot of talk about Cliff Kingsbury. I'm excited to see what he does. But mm-hmm. there's there's been more there's been more negative than there's been positive about him because right. a lot of the analysts, a lot of the guys who are who cover the league, are very frustrated that this dude just didn't have doesn't have the resume. To get this job. To get a head coaching gig, yeah. If I walked in, that's the equivalent of me walking into Google and telling them, hey, I want to be the CEO. And they say, oh, cool. <laughs> We're going to go ahead and give you that job, buddy. Yeah. Like, okay, cool. What, what's yeah. your what's your background? Well, I was a barista one time. <laughs> oh, great. That totally works. Well, 
and I, I, I see what you're saying, uh, but, it, but let's be fair. I mean, the guy's worked with real talent. I mean, he's seen real talent. You know, I mean, he's worked with Baker. He's, I mean, he's worked with Mahomes. I mean, when you've – and he's he's friends with McVay, and I know that's a well, knock on him. of course he's friends he's with McVay. He's friends with McVay. Is that everyone is saying the same thing? I mean, McVay went to Starbucks last yeah, week, and yeah. I heard his barista I accidentally grabbed his coffee. for the head coaching jobs <laughs> in the NFL now. Be careful. Yeah. Well, it kind of works. Uh, it, it, it works, in my opinion. I think it's going to work out. Uh, he's an offensive-minded guy. Uh, they have a young quarterback, just drafted Josh Rosen. So – I think I think I see the writing on the wall for them. They they want someone they they did they did terrible. I mean, the, it was a bad year. You fired a first-time head coach in Arizona. So, this guy he's even if he does miserable, don't look at him. Don't look for him to get fired because you can't fire first-time head coaches back-to-back. No, they're going to keep him around for a while. This guy's in for the long haul regardless of of what their seasons look like in the future. Right. Now, as we're on the topic of, of top prospects in the NFL, news broke this, I believe it was this morning, I got my notification from mm-hmm. ESPN, that Kyler Murray had declared for the NFL draft. Ah, yes. Now, the Heisman this, himself. The, Mr. Heisman. This, this guy has been the talk of the town for months of if he was going to go to the NFL, ever since he signed his contract with the A's to go play baseball. Right. Right. After even after this guy won the Heisman Trophy, he's still not a lock to be Mr. Football. Right. Which doesn't compute in my mind, doesn't. to be honest. <laughs> Fair but, enough. Hey, but you know what? what talent talent speaks. It does. And apparently this guy's got one of the best managers in the business who can pivot this guy and position him to get the best deal and yep. the best positioning possible. Now, here's the thing about Kyler Murray. I believe the talent there, it's its a deep well. It's its practically endless. The guy yeah. has the ability. It does. But I think what you're going to notice, Kyler Murray right now, as he declared for the draft, he has 72 hours. Right. Three days for the A's to make a play and try to get this guy out and try to keep him in baseball. Mm-hmm. Now, now, of course, he did declare for the draft, and thats that could happen. But I also, I'm a little bit more of a conspiracy theorist. I think it could all just be a major play for him to get a bigger contract deal from right. the A's. And that's all very much possible for yeah. the next 72 hours. Said until he wants $15 million. F- that's, that's the number. But, you know, I've, I've heard some sources say that that meeting didn't go that way. The, the meeting that, that you're discussing, with you, that you're talking about referencing mm-hmm. with $15 million, And that no number was ever discussed and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And, of course, every every source is going to try to may not that. have been discussed directly, but I'm very sure that the manager let it be known that if you want this guy to not be this, a this got to be a big money deal. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think Kyler Murray, if he does continue to stay in the, in the draft class, he will be a first round pick. He, he'll definitely be a first round pick. He, will. he um, the only knock on this guy is his height. But you, you're seeing increasingly shorter quarterbacks who are, are doing well in this league. True, but and that's because the increase of talent on, on the O line. Yeah, and then the rules, the way that the the game is constructed now. The the game is built around the quarterback today. Yeah. And I mean, if you if you told me that this guy was two inches taller, he would be strongly be considered yeah, for the do- number one overall pick. Well, I I think I think Kyler Murray is probably a lock for for the NFL. But 
until that is confirmed, until that timeline, until that window is closed for him to, to back out and go, go play baseball, I'm still going to lean on, on the conspiracy theorist side and say it is very much possible right. that he tries to pivot yeah. for a long He says he game. loves baseball, but if he loved it that much, I don't think he'd be – it may not be comparing – you know, for him to be thinking, oh, you know, it's a lot different to go in the first round in baseball than it is to go in the first round in football. Right. And, you know, I think regardless of what happens over the next 72 hours with Kyler Murray, that's a name that you're going to hear in professional sports for a long, long time. Yeah. I think this guy has the staying power. I think he has the star power right. uh, to be able to be a, a breakout star yeah. in whatever sport he decides to do, mm -hmm. and whether that's with football or with baseball. So very excited to see what Kyler Murray decides over the next 72 hours as he has the opportunity right. to either stick with football or go to baseball. And we'll go over a couple more top prospects uh, just so that people can kind of get the feel for it. Uh, we Don't forget they have Haskins. He's probably going to be the consensus number one overall quarterback. Uh, Jerry Judy, uh, great, a great wide receiver. Uh, Greedy Williams. Greedy. Greedy. Boy. Greedy. <laughs> what a great name for a cornerback, huh? That's fantastic. <laughs> you know, his I believe it was his grandmother who gave him that name really? as a kid. Wow. Uh, that's that's not his that's not his given name. That's a nickname. Really? That they've Wow. Yeah, they've, they sure have taken a hold of that. Oh, absolutely. He, that's no one refers to him by anything other than that. Exactly. Yeah. And then we have out of Houston the big D tackle. H uh, Ed Oliver. Yeah. Uh, then we got the highly touted player, Nick Bosa. Uh, everyone knows his brother. Joey Bosa, Joey, and we have uh, today actually where Devin White declared, released his video. Yeah, so love uh, Devin White, best middle linebacker I've seen in the game for a while now. Um, but that's some of the notable uh, prospects that you can look forward to in round one. Very excited to see these this next draft class. I think this next draft class is the one to watch. Yeah. I you know I don't think I've ever sat down and watched an entire draft, mm -hmm. uh, but I think this next this next class will be the one to watch. The one that I will sit down and actually pay attention mm -hmm. to. Very deep. Very there, deep. That one because there's there are a lot of guys that I actually cared about while they were in college. Mm -hmm. And there's just so much talent coming out of right. uh, coming out of the NCAA right now, going into the pros. And man, it is it's fantastic to see. Yeah. I, I think you won't see another draft class like this for a while. Right, this, right. this class is this one's stacked. very talent loaded. Um, not as much on the QB side as where usually is the, a lot of the main hype and talk is what QBs, but. Man, they have some of the best prospects you can ask for. This is a, this is a football team draft. Yeah, this is this isn't just build your team up right yes, here. Yes, absolutely. And you know the the number one guys, I'm, the the main people I'm looking at are are my my Tigers, my LSU guys. <laughs> I'm looking at there's I'm quite a at, few. <coughs> excuse me. I'm looking at Greedy Williams. I'm going to be paying a lot of attention to where he goes, and um, I'm just I'm ready for for the draft. I'm ready for for the next. Uh, part of this season right. and we'll be giving you great coverage on that as well absolutely and we're, we're going to be here to, to cover absolutely everything that happens with the draft with the with postseason and with uh, with the offseason coming up after after the postseason is done but we're going to move on to our next segment and this is a preview of next week's games now looking ahead to next week we have uh, we have the Chiefs versus the Patriots at Arrowhead and I am so ready for this game. The fact that it's at Arrowhead. <laughs> is this the one for you? I think this is this is my game to actually love. Right. Uh, I enjoy watching Pat Mahomes so 
much. There's a lot of meat in this game. A lot oh, of meat absolutely. on the bone because here you have the legendary Brady that he's posting videos of him working out, listening to 50 Cent Mini Men. Like he's coming, <laughs> he's bringing it back. Like yeah. he's like, I'm coming for blood. Y'all think I'm out. I'm just getting warmed up. Yeah. But I tell you what. That team is going to be tested because it's one thing to beat the crap out of Phillip Rivers and company in Gillette Stadium right. with your home field advantage. With your what? What did they get? What did they win? Maybe ten games, eleven games this season, and they got home. I got a home field advantage. It was right, just crazy. Right. But guess what? You're going to Arrowhead, baby, and that is the loudest stadium in the NFL. That's a divisional Arrow- flaw of mine. I know them very well. Arrowhead is. That's a completely different beast when it, it comes to when it comes to it is. live games. You look at it and it it honestly it doesn't feel like a pro stadium. Mm-hmm. It feels like you're at a college game. It feels like an LSU. Right. That, you that you see intensity. And I think it may may also be the you know the color of jersey that like the red jerseys in yeah. the crowd. You see 70,000 screaming fans. Yep. And it's got a very small town small football market feel right. to it. Right. And so it still has the charm of not being yeah. a machine that uh, that the Patriots are, yeah, but, but I, they're, they're set up. They that stadium is set up to get loud. Their yeah. whole gig is to get loud. Oh yeah, <laughs> it, it it reminds me of of LSU games. It reminds me of Death Valley. But you know, I'm I'm just excited to see Mahomes versus Brady. Mm-hmm. You've got you didn't think you'd see it. I I didn't think I'd see it, yeah. but and honestly, I think Mahomes should have been the MVP this season. Right, I agree. I agree. I think he is the he is the uncrowned MVP, MVP. He, in the same way that you, I agree. In the same way that UCF was national champions, <laughs> uh, which yeah, but out, a little bit more. Out, <laughs> shout out LSU for being national champions this year. Uh, those are the real national champions. Of the course, real national champions. Real national champions. Yeah, but, well, you know, we know who the real MVP is. Yeah, so. So you see the story here between the Chiefs and the Pats, and you've got Brady who's saying, I'm still here. I'm still king. Trying trying to cement his legacy versus Patrick Mahomes who's saying, I've arrived, and trying to begin his. And so I think that's going to be the biggest thing of who can come out on top in this game. And mm-hmm. I, 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 my money is on the Chiefs. Okay. That's fair. That is fair. I – I'm honestly I'm torn. Um, it's I have I have the the knowledge of Brady. I know what Brady's capable of. I know that he is you. He's one you can never count out. And then if there's time on the clock, Brady is a threat. He is, and a so threat. in in the same way that I don't say give Aaron the way I say don't give Aaron Rodgers the ball back. You know, yeah, that is true. I don't, Very, I don't trust Aaron yeah, Rodgers with not, time on the clock. You can't give Rodgers the ball tr- back. I don't care. It could be 100 to 0, and I yeah. don't want Brady to have the ball back with three seconds on the clock. It's a conspiracy. You <laughs> never know what could happen. You know, and the thing is, is that I would be, be – if, if, if you were to tell me, just looking at these two teams, to bet, I'd be, I'd be fine betting $1,000 on the Chiefs. But the problem is, is that I know the Chiefs. Being a divisional foe, of as I'm a, a huge Broncos fan, I know that they have postseason woes. There's things that loom. It's just like for the Chargers and the Chiefs, they always find a way to mess it up. Now, we have – this is Mahomes' first go, so exactly. it's different. 
but Andy Reid has had such unfortunate luck in the playoffs. So that gives me pause. Well, I think I think the difference maker here is they've never had Mahomes in the past. That is a valid this point. Is, this is this is this is Mahomes game. It's a new I, age. This is this it's a new era in uh in Arrowhead. I think yeah. I think 100% I'm going to give this game to the Chiefs. I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a fun game to watch. Can you give me a score prediction? Whew. Um I think it's going to be a shootout. Shootout. Yeah. I, like I, I that. think I think you're going to see uh I'd like say, to see that because I haven't seen the so-called great Brady really slinging it and running the score up. I'm going to say 42-38 Chiefs. Wow, good score. Because I think, and I think mainly because Mahomes has ice in his veins. This dude is ice cold on the field. <laughs> as it's, as it's, cold as is, as the snow is in Arrowhead he, Stadium. I feel like the dude doesn't even sweat. Wow. That's the, legit. The, the I mean, guy, hey, he's got he has got the vibe. Like he he's, has he's a baller. You and you can't even really define the characteristic that he has, but you know he has it. It. In the same way that Baker Mayfield has it. It. Mahomes has yep, it. That's and it. And I'm I'm ready to see him. I hope that he can go in to his home and defend his home field and say not today, Brady. Right. Yeah, and, and you know, I I don't want to see another Brady Super Bowl. No and one does. So no I've one got does. all my hopes, dreams, and plans in the Chiefs. We'll winning. never hear the end of it if there was. Dear, it would be. Here's the thing: Brady's the goat. I don't. I'm not going to. I'm that's debatable, but I'm not going to dispute it. I'll go ahead and give into it and say Brady is the goat. The numbers support mm-hmm. him, but I'm tired of seeing it. It's like eating. It's like eating filet mignon every day. For a it's month. great. It's great, but guess what? I'm tired of it. Let me have a freaking quesadilla. Fair I don't enough. care. You know, and I'll. So for me, uh, I'm I am with you. I'm I'm tired of seeing the Brady championships, but it's very hard for me to say that Brady and company are gonna lose. Now, if this game was being played in Foxborough, then I would give the nod to Brady. But, as you've said, there's a new king, and his name is Mahomes. And that is a bad team. And a bad in a good way. In a good way. And Andy Reid, I don't know how many times he's been able to say that he's played with a capable quarterback against Bill Belichick. Right. So, I expect him to bring it 1,000%. So, with the home field advantage... And Mahomes at the helm, yeah, I'll take the Chiefs. And I'm going to actually go 38-32. to 32. Ooh. That's where I'm going to go. Okay. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, so we're, we're both predicting Chiefs. Fair. Yep. So if, if, the, if the Patriots win, we, we lose all of our credibility right that, off the bat. Oh, Man, that's oh, rough. I mean – do you really lose credibility if the Patriots if, pull out a win? Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, See what I did there? <laughs> now the other What do we game, have next? The other game to look forward to is Saints versus the Rams. Mm, the meat right here. This is the this is the one. This where's this game being played? It's, it's going to be in, in the dome. Ooh. 
Yep. Ooh. That game that the the Saints won against the Rams gave them that number one seed. Like it, it came down. I believe it came down to that. It came down to that. Who is going to be the number one seed from that game? And you know, obviously, everything's got to be played through the dome now. Now you see, I I'm not a fan of the Saints. Mm-hmm. But what happens here is I do respect the Saints. Mm-hmm. I don't like okay. them at all. Okay. The same way I don't like speed limits. <laughs> but you, but I also don't like speeding tickets. <laughs> Fair enough. I don't like speed limits, but I don't like speeding tickets. All right. Okay. So yes. So here's the thing. That's where we're at. I'm a lifelong Rams fan since they beat the Cowboys. <laughs> so I'm pulling for the Rams. But I also don't want to bet against the Saints at home in the dome. That's smart. I, I it's a valid point. So give me give me let's go we we both know we don't need to go in depth on the Chiefs and the Patriots because no. we know they're both guns well, Brady's not a gunslinger anymore, but he can move the rock. Right. He's going to move the rock. The Patriots going to move the rock. Mahomes is slinging it up and down the field. They don't really need a game plan. It's just, "Hey, get open." But you're going to see a chess match in this Saints and Rams game. Well, here's the thing. I think the Rams offense is going to overpower the Saints uh, defense. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Saints defense is going to be able to keep up with, with all with, the with moving the parts. Back, with the running back one-two punch. With C.J. Hamderson. C.J. is the man. <laughs> I call him Hamderson. Hamderson. Because he that goes ham, is, That man is a bowling ball ripping through when, pins. When he played for Denver, when they made their Super Bowl runs, he weighed, he was listed at 225. He is, uh, I believe he's 5'10", 225. So he's short and stocky for NFL. For NFL, yeah. But that man is no 225. When oh, I, no, in that game no, last night. No, that's an yeah. easy 238. Oh, absolutely. That he's, he's so much bigger than, than what, yeah. what they had. And do not season. discredit his acceleration. He was blowing through those holes. Oh, you're going to come down and, and plug the gap? Yeah, catch you some of this paya. <laughs> he's laying the wood out there, yeah. son. It's supposed to be the other way around. It's more like the other guy is just hoping he falls down when he hits him. And you see, I had someone on my Facebook feed try to compare. Try to compare. Um, who is it? Trying to compare the running backs between the Saints. Oh and the yes, Rams. yes, yes. He tried to compare Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram against Todd Gurley and C.J. Hamderson. And you know, I appreciate what you're trying to do there. I understand what you're saying. Mm, mm. It's just not as lethal it's of a not, combo. It's not the same it's thing. Not. That that's like earlier in the season. <laughs> Earlier in the season when Jerry Jones tried to say that the Cowboys offense was very similar to the Rams offense. Yeah. I <laughs> did every, I, I did not I wow. I did yeah. not know that. Yeah. Well we Jerry, noticed there's a big difference. Jerry Jerry <laughs> said, yeah, they're they're very similar. Jerry, how are they similar in the fact that they both play in the NFL? That's about the only thing. They both similar. wear NFL uniforms. <laughs> that's about that's about They both all have quarterbacks got. and running backs. <laughs> they have eleven guys on the field. That's, at the same time. That's about it. Um, and that's how I feel about the comparison between the running backs. I think Alvin Kamara is one of the best. He is. He, he that is. that is a guy who who I I think is going to be a name you hear for a long time. But I also think Ingram is not half the running back that he was even three years ago. Right. Right. I, I think uh, he he feeds is, off the reps and he's 
He's I think it's made him better with Alvin Kamara there as far as because he doesn't have the workload. Right, he doesn't have the workload. It it preserves his energy level and stamina. And it also forces him. He sees Alvin Kamara breaking off big plays. It forces him. He's like, "Hey, man, I gotta, I gotta do something too. I gotta keep like, my paycheck yeah, coming in. Yeah, I can't just, I can't. And they, and they're, they're not settling for Breeze slinging the rock and getting these first downs. They're running with some authority. They're like, "Hey, you know, we got it. We got to produce because half of half of the game plan is on our shoulders." Yeah. Uh, so score predictions. What do score you, what predictions. Do you got? This is gonna be a big one for me. Um. For me, I'm going to go. Well, first, I before we go with score prediction, give me who you believe wins and a one-liner why, like what their scheme or game plan or home field advantage or the coach. What is it that swings you for them? It pains me to say that I think I'm going to go with the Saints here. Mm. Okay, and why? I think just the pure home field advantage is going to be far too much for the Rams to to compete against. I think that noise in the stadium. I've been in that stadium. Mm-hmm. Man, I've, not in a playoff game. I, I'm of course I haven't I haven't been I've never been on the field to hear the fans, but I know that 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 is one of the loudest stadiums in football. Mm-hmm. I've been there for other events that don't include football, and it is the loudest building I've ever yeah. been in. That building is made yeah. so that you can hear every voice in the building. And the Houdat chants are eerie when they sound them off in the Ooh, beginning. They're eerie. It is dark. <laughs> it, is, it, is. it is dark. It is. Now, for myself, we'll give score predictions here in a minute, but for myself – I'm going to be on the other side of the spectrum. Okay. So this is where we'll have a difference. See, see, we keep it interesting. So uh, I'm going to go with the Rams. Um, number one being that there's not – they don't play different no matter where they're at. They don't really have a home field advantage. Yes, they do have the Coliseum, but they don't change their gameplay on the road or at home. They don't feed off of the crowd. They don't even worry about the crowd. They get it done. Well, it's easy to say that you don't worry about the crowd when you're not in well, New Orleans. Well, we will see. Now, to give you credit where credit is due, what I look forward to is I look forward to great execution by the Rams. I but think you'll le- see a lot of that. But... Let's let me say this now. Do not be surprised if they start slow because McVeigh and that offense, they're very specific. And I can easily see, as you said, that stadium gets very loud. I can easily see some mistakes happening as far as assignments and communication. Now, by the time the second quarter rolls around, I think you'll start to see they'll get kind of get set in and get a feel for that place. And then when the second half hits, they'll be cranking because they'll know what's being messed up and they'll have everything lined out. I expect McVay and the Rams to be locked in for this game. This is going to be a high-scoring game. I am going to go 43-38 to 38 Rams. Ooh. Wow. That's a, that's a big number right there. 
Can you give some give a little feedback? A little of why? Yeah, break that down for me. Okay. Well, I don't see with so let's let's get into some injuries. The Saints lost their defensive tackle, Sheldon Rankins. And, you know, he may not ring a lot of bells to your average fan, but he is the anchor of that D-line for the Saints. Without him there, they play different. Cam Jordan is not going to get that pressure on the edge the same way he was before. So that right there weakens the whole line for me. So if you have CJ, and I expect them to use the same way they used, they were just punching the Cowboys in the face. With C.J. Hamderson, I expect to see it again. And actually, I would expect to see him run better because he's got – he. I don't know if you see that extra weight has kind of got him a little off balance. He was kind of just lunging into people. I expect him to try to drive through his tackles more. So arm tackles aren't really going to work. And then you can say what you want, but Gurley's probably the best back in football. And if he catches space – it's going to be a problem. And the Eagles, they don't run through the gaps very well. So we didn't see that. They ran outside the tackles. They don't have a great running game. And I expect McVay to exploit that. They've been a top power ranked team, but they have not faced a, a team like the Rams. Yes, in the regular season, they did play and they did pull off the dub, but that was not the same team. Gurley got hurt very early in that game. I expect to see a completely different tone and mentality in this game by the Rams. So I'm going to be the contrarian here. I'm going to say that the Saints are going to go over the Rams. Now I don't know if it's going to be a high-scoring game. I, I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not going to bet on a very high-scoring game. Okay. What's your pulse? What's your pulse on the game? I think. I think I'm going to say. Saints 27, Rams 17. Okay. That's a very low score for the Rams. Well, I, I, I'm probably going to be wrong there. But, but that's, that's what I'm going to go with. They, and, and to, I think, to your credit. I think, I think Lattimore is going to be a problem mm-hmm. covering, covering most of, of, their, uh, of their attempts. Now, I think I think that that stadium noise is something that is can be quantified. Yeah, that that's a that's a variable that you can't put you can't put a value on. Um, and then you just have the vibe of the Saints at home with the hopes of another Super Bowl mm-hmm. ten years later after they won their first. Right. And you know that's in their sights, and I don't think the Saints are going to fail here. Mm-hmm. I would love if they did. <laughs> I'd love to rub it in the face well, of all my friends. Well, at this point, you you you've you've picked them, and that's your prediction. So you yeah. got to root for them now. Hey, <laughs> hey, whoa, whoa! <laughs> no. Those are the rules. I'm, I'm out. I'm, I'm out. out. <laughs> no, I'm just messing with you. Um, but I do like that prediction. Um, I don't remember what the score was the first time that they went they played, but I I dare say that it's pretty close uh i did watch that game and um saints fans can say what they want aaron donald didn't get a lot of pressure in that game sue was um i I mean it's funny to say a professional player was out of shape or sloppy but yes he was 
So you are going to see a different team you this time around. The, their game in early November? Uh, is that what it was? Was it early November? Early November. So let's see. Their game on – Was it on the 5th or something like that? Yeah, it was, it okay. was, it was November 4th. Saints 45, Rams 35. Wow. Wow. Now, that looks kind of similar to your score that you had. 43 to 38 is my prediction. That's pretty close to what you got. You still want to stick with the 27-17 here? I think I have to. Yeah. Okay. We'll see see if I'm wrong or or what the deal is there. And it's it's a very fair – if – they can't get into a rhythm if the dome is is that much of an influence. If that happens, then yes, the dome is that much of a factor. Well, the thing is that this game was was at the dome. It was and on this week. But the thing, the difference here is the circumstances are far different. Right. We are in we're in playoff football territory, right. Right. which brings fans and players to another level. another level. Yeah, you don't you don't see playoff excitement in, in week week nine, right? Or week ten, yeah. That that comes in December. That comes True. in January. True. And, and this so, is a young Rams team. New year, new team. Yep. And so by the time that by the time you get to this point in the playoffs, teams are either with it or they aren't. Right. And you you saw that you saw that Hashtag with the Cowboys. Chargers. You saw that with the Cowboys. You saw that with the Chargers. Yep. You saw it happen to Philly with the Colts. Some teams came to play, and some teams came to. <sighs> To play the next week because they already teams, ran over their team. Some teams came for some teams came to play, and some teams came for just the paycheck. Yeah. And what happened? That happened to a lot of the teams that rolled into these games this weekend with the Chargers, with the Cowboys, with the Eagles. Now, I'm I'm hoping that this game proves me wrong because I love high scoring games, but I don't know if that's going to happen again. I think mm-hmm. they're going to make some adjustments, right. and uh, I think you're going to you're going to see a lot more Jared Goff mm-hmm. in this game. Yeah, I think you're gonna see because I think the Saints defense is gonna try to shut down that run game as much as possible. See, and I see, see, and for me, I'm on the opposite side of that. I see, I see a lot less golf in this game. I don't think so. I see that um, McVay might even we might even see him do something that he hasn't really been doing all year, and that's run two back sets. So you would have the option of Gurley on the left or the right, and then have Anderson on the left or the right, and they may try to power load some things and do some. I. I will not discredit McVay. One thing that we I can for sure say about McVay is he's going to keep it interesting. They are not going to be able to make the reads. They're going to have to play off of instinct, and there's going to be some gaps, and I think that McVay is going to have his players look for those gaps. So based on what we know right now, who's going to the Super Bowl? Right now, I'm going to have to say this is going to be a Rams-Chiefs. That's me. And if it ain't if it ain't both of those teams, then I want the other. Then I want Brady versus Breeze. Ooh. And though the thing is, at this point, I think those are both matchups that we've wanted to see. Yep. And that the, that this this league has been clamoring for. Yep. So I don't I want think, I don't want I don't want an either or. I want one or the other. Yeah. I like that. If the Chiefs don't, if the Patriots win, then then I want to see the Saints win. I'll let you know if we go Brady versus Breeze. I'm pulling for Breeze. 100% I'll be pulling for Breeze. And it's I'll not because cause I'm a I'll, Saints fan. I'll it's because I hate Brady. I'll be hoodatting up and down. The, <laughs> I'll be chicken winging it up. We'll be oh doing God. it chopper style. Wow. Rolling Man, I can see it. I can see it. That's the only way that I'm going to be rooting for the Saints is if they're playing the Patriots. Hey, I'm I'm with it. Yep. That that's either way. Those are going to be fun games to watch. Wow. I can't wait to see what happens in 
more postseason NFL. Any final thoughts before we close out the show? Man, I just have to say it was a pleasure, and what a great first show. Three great segments. We're getting some great playoff football. Hopefully you were able to stick it through and listen to the whole show. We ran a little long, and we're going to be trying to put together some more shows and be consistent with it, and uh, we really enjoyed having you with us today. Again, thank you so much for tuning into Pro Football IQ. This is the podcast that breaks down the X's and O's of everything happening in football this week, and we cannot wait to talk about more NFL postseason next week. We're going to break down the games. We're going to break down the NFL. We're going to break down the Super Bowl and everything else. We'll give our full preview. predictions, and we cannot wait to speak to you again. Thank you so much. My name is Dallas Thomas. That's been Joel Baglio, and we can't wait to have you back on Pro Football IQ. Thanks Until for tuning in. Until next week, in. guys. See you then. Do you have a question for the show? Or maybe you just want to share your thoughts on everything happening this week in football. Well, that's never been easier to do than right now. All you have to do is download the Anchor app and you can call in. You can send us a voice memo that'll go directly to our feed and we'll be able to respond to it and put it on our show so that you can have your voice heard in a community of football fans just like yourself. Again, download the Anchor app and you can send us a voice memo directly to Pro Football IQ. We can't wait to hear what you have to say. If I want to hear awesome NFL talk, I just check out Pro Football IQ, hosted by Dallas Thomas and Joe Baglio.